Well, hey there. Is it a friendly voice this morning? I guess so. Or am I being sarcastic? Well, I'm always friendly. And uh, I guess those two things are not mutually exclusive. Welcome to Buddy's Owners, the Arizona Schnoodle Walks. And that means Buddy and I are going to go for a walk. And it's 48 degrees. It's a chilly morning. Let's just check the 54% humidity. And we don't, like I said, we don't care about humidity when it's 48 degrees. And it's March 28th, 2020, the coronavirus years. This uh, decade is getting started out with a, uh, with a virus. So I thought I would just, you know, document the daily ups and downs. And uh, some of us have hourly ups and downs. And uh, I don't know what Bud's doing. Come here, Bud. I got to get a harness on this dog. And uh, it's 9 o'clock in the morning. Quiet. I just looked at a email from uh, my wife's relatives in Germany. Fascinating story of those Germans. And I just got done sending a message to a woman in who was from Namibia, which I never heard of before. Do you know where Namibia is? Namibia, yeah. Namibia is on the southwest coast, just a little bit north of South Africa. But she moved over to South Africa for some reason. I have no idea what's going on over there. But there's another human being there who's breathing air on this planet. Oh, yeah. Arizona morning, March 28th. I told you, there's not a cloud in the sky. The sun's up. Got a little light jacket on, or we're going to walk bud. And this is going to be a little bit long form. I mean, I know I was advised to like do a little 10-minute um, podcast, and maybe those will come in the future. But I just can't help myself. I'm a long form, long form podcaster. So I'm uh, following some Twitter things. I got that up there. Uh, it's a bit goofy, and I and I st- and I'm still. It's like about content, right? Everything I, and value. What value does someone add? So this is a strange world. Um, it's uh, <laughs> in a weird way. In a weird way, it's a little bit. Uh, like what they used to say in the 80s and 90s, like um, multi-level marketing in a way. But it's and on the other hand, it's not. It's not that. Because in multi-level marketing, you're all selling the same thing and you're you know coaching people at the bottom level. And so there is some similarity there. But on the other hand, it's like each person has their own content their own product. So this is my philosophical commentary on, and who cares if I'm right or wrong or not. It's just my observation. I listened to a little Gary V this morning. Gary V uh, is uh, an interesting cat, interesting character. And he has his thing and he encourages everybody else to do their thing. So it's kind of a wild situation. But you got to have product services. So I'm 
developing mind right now. There's no master plan. It's like it's kind of like this. The story that resonated with me with Gary V was these guys that did like they started out with one eight hundred diapers. So they started out years ago and figured out. I don't know. They did some like SEO Google word search, figured out that people were searching on diapers a lot. So then they thought, well, why don't we just sell diapers on the internet? And it sounds sounds pretty strange. But they and they weren't. They weren't planning on making. See, I'm coming from the engineering community where we're always like, well, let's make a better diaper. And and they were like, no, let's let's deliver diapers. Let's get people what they want. They want diapers, right? Certain people and then talk about niche market. Like like only well, half the half the world is women or more, right? Not not every woman has babies, right? So there's only like, um, let's do a little, pretend like I'm a genius on math and analytics. I'm not bad. I mean, but I'm not a, I'm not a more talker than executor. But so you, you take half the population in the world and women probably give birth from ages of 15 to 35. So it's not every woman, but every woman's probably experienced it. But, and then not every woman has child. So, I mean, what, 10% of the population is looking for diapers, right? I don't know. So these guys, they just niched out on diapers. And it was kind of a funny story, and they could tell it, like, in five minutes. And I'll, you know, and I can, I'll try to tell it in 30 seconds, but knowing me, I'll take a five-minute story that they told and make it a 10-minute story. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So um, diapers, you know, so they, they wanted to uh, sell diapers on the internet and well, you got to, and they didn't, they weren't going to make, like I said, they weren't going to manufacture their own diapers. They just wanted to distribute it. So um, they, they're New Jersey guys, New York dudes, really opportunistic people. And uh, they just started going to the Costco's or the whatever equivalents and buying up all their diapers. And I mean, and they were selling them. They created a website and people were buying from them. They shipped them themselves. It's the real classic bootstrap story, they call that, right? Bootstrap. They're just hustling, right? They did it all themselves. They'd go buy them, stuff their cars full of it, go back to their house, figure out who wants it, ship it to them. And I think there was something else there. They were selling, yeah, it was the lost leader comment right away. Boom. They said, well, diapers are kind of like a lost leader at the grocery store. And um, so, I mean, like, you know, I mean, a grocery store or whoever would sell them for four bucks, even though they probably cost five or something crazy. Right? That, that's a definition of a lost leader, right? But they want, then you're in the store, so then you're going to buy everything else, just like milk or something else. So. Um, that gets people in, coupons, blah, 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 gets you in the store, yada, yada, yada. This stuff's been going on for 100 years, and there's masters of it, but now it's moving to the Internet. And the Internet is like, everything's been enabled by other people, like Amazon's enabled things. So. Or just whatever, right? So Amazon probably knocked out 1-800-DIAPERS, because now you can probably buy... Um, your diapers on Amazon, right? So they Amazon just went up and realized, okay, 
there's all these entrepreneurs out there doing 1-800-DIAPERS, diapers.com. I think that's probably done now. It's probably dead. But they were trying to sell other stuff too, make money. I don't know what else they were selling on diapers.com. But that wasn't my thing. But the point of it, the story is that they, they bootstrapped and hustled. They were driving their local people crazy because they were buying up all the diapers. So then they, they approached Procter & Gamble, I guess, which is one of the largest diaper manufacturers in the world. And they wanted to buy direct from, they wanted to buy direct from uh, Procter & Gamble, but they wouldn't do it because Procter & Gamble at the time was like, well, who are you guys? You know, they had their system in place and they were selling to Costco's and grocery stores. The whole distribution channel was set up and Procter & Gamble thought, well, no way, we're not going to, these guys couldn't possibly sell that many diapers. So we don't want to ship to them. Anyways, eventually, long story short, they, uh, the stores, the local stores are getting ticked off about it. They said, well, you help us then. You tell Procter & Gamble to sell to us directly, and then we won't go buy up all your stuff in your store. You know, So that's kind of what happened. And, uh, and <laughs> it's a great story. And some of you Gary V fans probably have heard that 20 years ago because I've heard that Gary just keeps repeating the same stories over and over again, which is okay. And I'm getting more comfortable with that too. Is And that is, you know, you just keep repeating the same story. And as my writing coach says, you just need to find another audience. So, you know, and uh, the other funny Gary V um, video was this guy he was like, well, you should just uh, do the journey of becoming a cook, you know? And it's like, I don't know, the guy kind of chuckled. I don't know. I don't even know the backstory if the guy actually did want to be a cook or not. But Gary Vee was just saying, hey, just get out there, put it on Twitter, put it on that, 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 that. Get out there and just own your thing and just do it. You might fail as being a cook, but so what? You got a following, da, 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 you know? And uh, Gary's about empathy and love, which is, I guess that's that's pretty good. It's uh a spiritual thing, you know. Yeah, it's very good. <laughs> loving, loving people, but we all, uh, and I had this other conversation in the afternoon. I don't know if I, maybe I talked about it last night, but it was the um, artificial intelligence for people that can't write. I think I talked about that. And I just don't, I don't know, I just don't see that taking off. I'll listen, I'll, you know. But it's like humans, we, we are the creators and we're also like I said, that we're artificial intelligence ourselves. So, um, you know, we have a, you know, robots don't live forever. They need oil, they need electricity, they break down, bearings wear out. Bearings, by the way, allow surfaces to move even though they're joined together. You need a bearing, which is like a little ball. So one surface rolls over another. You probably heard bearings before, but some of you guys aren't so technical. But there you go. I just explained. Oh, dang. But I forgot the bag. Where are the bags, man? Um, I can't do that, dog. I don't have a bag. Oh, we'll go get a bag and come back. So, um, hey, I forgot to reload. 1-800-DOG-POOP bags. They already got that. I buy my bags on Amazon. So, um, uh, Nargs and uh, so 
I hope there's some bags in this next thing up here. There's, there's no thing here. All right, well, I'm going to have to come back and get it. There's some of the dogs. So that got me off track. No bags. No bags in my blue holder. And some people saw me from behind. So they might be pissed off at me. But it's like the first time out of like 3,000 dog poops that I haven't got it. So give me a break, people. I'm going to go get it later. Okay, so I'm a good dog walker, man. Dog waste. There's a sign here, but there's no bag. So let's go back home, bud. We'll go back. I got to get a bag. You pooped. That'll make the podcast short. He's going back home. Did you have breakfast yet, bud? I'll tell him. And if I told you we're going to get food when we get home, you'll be more interested in going home. So, yeah, coronavirus, Germany, the coffee makers. So I've talked about these guys before. They roast coffee. The coffee shops are closed, but people still drink coffee at home. So I don't know if that impacts their business. But, again... Their strategy has been lean. They're a very lean coffee roastering company. So the impacts are probably, they never had a sprawling business. So that's a very good thing that they did not have a large number of employees. So I kind of, I kind of, kind of laughed at, not laughed at them, but I understood them. They kind of avoided having lots of employees so they probably had two or three i don't know what they're doing right now because i'm walking bud and i can't write an email but i'm curious as to what their situation is he just sent me a short note that said uh they uh people are still drinking coffee but i don't know if they're drinking their coffee right because the coffee they, they sold mostly to coffee shops but maybe maybe people are still getting their coffee somehow but uh yeah yeah coffee i I don't know so i got some good feedback from people um i got to figure out how to get my content out there and monetize it that's that's what everybody says monetize so what else? The Germans. I uh, I kind of snarkily sent him an email because I, I do a lot of things from from a position of snark. But I, I kind of wanted these guys like a year ago to like be more encouraging to the idea of transplanting their roasting process over here to Phoenix because I think it would work fine. But they're Germans, right? So they're like and they also had done it over 20 years. And they just feel like I just couldn't do it. Like I'm too old and not physically able to do it. And I'm like, well, they lift at most like 25 kilograms, which is 50 pounds. Well, I can bench press. I told them, I said, I can bench press 180. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's not that I want to be up and down these little stairs and stuff. But anyways, I videotaped the process. I don't know. They're. They're Germans, and they just think, you know, you got to be young to do this stuff. And I'm like, well, this is America, man. We hire people to do stuff. You know, we're not. That's where the employment thing comes in. And uh, so I just, I just, they, they have a great product. It's awesome. I mean, I, Angela Merkel drinks their coffee. 
maybe they have to send their the coffee in isolation for Angela Merkel right now. Uh, in her, maybe that's what I could ask her. <laughs> I could ask her. So did you send anyway? And he said the Germans like really shut down, like they shut down everything really quickly because they're Germans, right? So uh, they're they're thinking that it's coming to the U.S. Well, we already know it's here already. So, I, you know, everybody looks from their point of view, right? So everybody's puts their mental boundaries around the U.S., mental boundaries around Germany. And uh, you can try to elevate people's boundary levels up to more global views. And the Internet helps that. So there you go. And uh, value value so yeah bud what are we gonna do i know you probably want to keep walking but i want to go back home huh come on bud you will get another walk this evening really was keep going all right i'll give him a little extension here and uh there's a biker out here i'm just observing now are there people out? It's Saturday morning, it's not too hot. In about, what is it, March 27th, I said. So by June 27th, so three months from now. Man, it's going to be smoking. It'll be like 90 degrees right now instead of 50. And uh, I won't be wearing shorts. And uh, it'll be 90. It'll, be, it'll look exactly the same just be 40 to 50 degrees warmer. And uh, today with the coronavirus, I mean, I don't see much happening. And uh, I hope you don't have fear. I, I don't imagine you have much fear over this. Um, you know, we've just got to live. Take a deep breath, do the 10-second test. Your lung, I guess it destroys your lungs from the inside. Nasty stuff. You know, I'm still running. I ran three miles yesterday. Felt pretty good. But, you know, maybe somebody will say you can't do that. Some some places are doing, like, enforced stay stay inside, which is kind of weird. I don't know how that's going to go. I don't know if that'll go. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not in the desert. I mean, I could... Here's some people walking. I don't know what they're thinking. There's a truck coming by. And uh, it is what it is. So, I don't, you know, the title of this podcast is the Coronavirus Impacts. Wait, we got a truck coming by. He wants to go across the street. I'm going to try to get him to go across the street and back across the street. But he likes to smell these flowers over here, which is probably good for him. So we'll let Bud smell some flowers. Yeah. No, Bud, you know, we're not going down that street. So I don't know if he's trying to fake me out or what. But, uh, A little private airplane flying by. There we go. Here come some kids on bikes. 
kids and bikes. And an airplane, car. So yeah, we're living in coronavirus times. Not sure who's doing what. But I'm gonna go on this side of the road. Morning. So, I could have a biker. So, I had to think of a podcast title Coronavirus, Corona, Corona Impacts. Morning. Um, life in the Desert. Life in the Desert. A different kind of Corona, maybe. Because most people out here are a lot of people are Corona beer drinkers. Mexico. Corona. Get yourself a Corona. And maybe that's just an intriguing title. A different kind of Corona. And uh, walking. Okay, I got Bud. I got Bud going where I want him to go now. And uh, yeah, yeah. So there is a spiritual battle out there. What does that mean, a spiritual battle? There's all these thoughts that come into our heads, fears. And uh, I battle them. I got it. It's tough. But if you want to think about some teaching for some reason, you know, it's a good question, actually. Because you know, I don't know if you know, you probably know my shtick because like, I don't like plucking verses out of the Bible and, you know, having one person say, oh, well, you need to read this and you know, that'll solve your problem. I just, I really resist that use of the scripture. I guess that's my thing. I just can't stand it. And and yet, so I'm reading along, but, it, but because I don't like that, it makes me wonder, right? So like, okay, so there's this great passage in Ephesians 6, and now it makes me think, why, why is Paul writing this stuff, right? So, a lot of if you're a Christian or gone to church, doesn't matter what thing, you'll probably heard the term Ephesians before. And what I don't like about the Bible is the plucking. So there's uh, Ephesians is a, it's a letter. So to me, like we never we don't often I shouldn't say we never we often don't back up and just say okay what's going on here. And. Uh, Paul has a strange relationship with these people because he kind of lived there for a few years. Um, he, there, they were like a successful city with silver. They had this great um, Greek god or something called Artemis, Temple of Artemis. And I think one of the last crowning features of his experience there was getting kicked out because they couldn't stand that he was killing their silver making of these little Artemis um, statues. So he kind of killed their economy. <laughs> Paul, Paul was there. Maybe I, maybe this is a stretch, but Paul was kind of their coronavirus at the time in a spiritual way. Nah, not really. Because no, you know, it's actually the opposite way. He brought life to them. Because they were uh, loving those silver things. So anyway, 
he's he's he spent a lot of time there. He got in trouble with Jewish people, with with uh, Gentiles that were making silver, and uh, we know. And he went to uh, he was heading back to Rome, or I mean uh, Jerusalem. And he wrote the Book of Romans, and he's thinking like, okay, I'm just going to pop over here from to Jerusalem, and then I'm going to head to Spain because Spain needed to hear hear what Paul had to say, or so he thought. And uh, he went to Jerusalem, got in trouble. The Jewish people wanted to kill him, which, timing wise, see, this is the thing: is like most people don't read this stuff and try to think of it in real time right so this this paul guy probably was he had his on the road to damascus experience probably in around 40 40 early 40 a.d and he was doing like we don't really know a lot about what was going on the first 15 years so that puts him like mid 50s and then mid to late 50s he's going on these journeys through what's today's Turkey and into Greece. And he would, he's a Jewish guy, so he spoke in the synagogue. And the whole thing, really, all of those, we don't talk about it today, and the big perspective to me is there's the Jews, who's God's chosen people, whether you like it or not, that's what it is. And they're, they're really cool people, and we I love them. We should love them. I hope you love them. Great people. And Paul's like, well, we got to take this to the, you know, what's really happening here. He's saying this, what's really happening now, Jesus and the resurrection and the Holy Spirit is God wants a relationship with the Gentile people, which is probably likely you and I, whoever's listening to this, is probably a Gentile. Since 99% of the people on the planet now are Gentiles. So think of yourself as a Gentile, man. Don't think of yourself as African or uh, Protestant, Catholic, uh, Asian, uh, Hispanic. Don't, don't you're just you're, we're all Gentiles, man. One world, one one tribe, y'all. So if you want to listen to some good music, Black Eyed Peas, we're all part of one tribe because I'm an inclusive dude. I like inclusivity. So we're all, 99% of us, we're all just part of the Gentile tribe. Ooh, nice big rabbit, huh, bud? Yeah. Big rabbit. So we're uh, one tribe, y'all, and Paul's taking the message to the one tribe, the Gentiles. So he's in, uh, passing by Ephesus. He knows there's some problem there, so he doesn't even go in. And he's like writing this book to Romans or getting the book of Acts describes it too. He's like, I'm going to Jerusalem, and I'm going to Spain. I'll stop in Rome. Rome, he was interested in Rome. He'd never been to Rome. But he felt like he should go to Rome. He thought he would be there within a few months. But no, that's not what God had planned. He was busted, thrown in jail, probably about four years. He kept appealing to Caesar because the Jews wanted to kill him. So it was his only option. It was just a hang out in jail until he could go to Rome. And then they put him on a ship, and the ship uh, got into weather trouble, breaks down. That's the end of Book of Acts. He kind of gets to uh, 
to Rome. House arrest. Interestingly enough, there's Jews in Rome because in Acts it says that uh, Priscilla and Aquila were kicked out of Rome at one point, probably in the mid-50s. So now we're like almost mid-60s, 10 years later. So all this stuff took place. And now Paul writes the book, letter to the Ephesians from a prison in Rome, which is like four years since he last was even close to it. So the subjects and what he writes about are kind of interesting, right? Because he hasn't been there in a long time. He has a lot of history, a couple of years of history living there. There were some big events that took place there. So I kind of like to weave in his experiences and what took place when he was there. And also maybe it sounds like there's people traveling back and forth. Um, and he would find out information. So he's writing letters to address certain issues. But there's really, for the book of Ephesians, is kind of more of a, <clears throat> it's not really addressing issues so much as just saying hello and reminding them of some key principles, which is, you know, our faith is a gift from God. That's like in chapter two. He doesn't really get too intense with teaching, but he does end with this, like today I read chapter six. And it makes me think now, well, what, why is he writing this this way? I guess, you know, he, there was a couple of events that took place in Ephesus in uh, Acts, I guess it would be, must have been 19, yeah. One of my favorites of all time was the, uh, the Jews who were in Ephesus trying to exercise demons out of people and a demon one, one time. Uh, this, this is famous story about the seven sons of Sheba or something. So they saw Paul and the power that the Holy Spirit had, God through Paul. And they were like imitating him. And they go, well, what does Paul do? He goes, well, he goes up to somebody and says, well, in the name of Jesus, you know, come out of the, you know, cut the devil, the spirit out of you. And uh, so he, uh, the one demon one time is like, uh, Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. Uh, but in today's vernacular, they'd say, well, who the hell are you? You know, and then the demon like beat the crap out of these people. Right? So that happened. Right? That's a spiritual force. Right? No doubt. It took place. Scared, scared everybody in the area. It says that in Acts chapter 19. So the last chapter uh, six talks about the spiritual battle we're in. And it sounds kind of freaky, you know, but I think, I mean, if I hear, whenever I hear somebody else speak about it, it depends on how much emotion they put into it. It freaks me out a little bit, you know, because they speak so confidently about it. And I don't. I mean, I'm kind of curious about it. I'm humbled by that story. And I'm wondering, like, well, how much is it uh, happening? And I think it happens more than we think in spiritual battles. And it, tell, it gives us, as Paul's given instructions on how to defeat that which are great, and I need a reminder, and I do, I haven't done my my deep, my own personal deep dive survey, I guess you call it, for you ask method people out there. So I'm gonna do a deep dive survey on, which is a little different, I shouldn't use that term, but I call it more of a breakdown of the scripture. Because we're given some tools 
to fight this battle. So if you go back to Acts 19, those are the battles I think that were happening in the famous burning of the books. They burned books of uh, magic and uh, all this stuff. So there were spiritual events taking place, but not every miracle. And it, and it, it captures the interest of people, right? I mean, it's like, wow, this this person uh, um, was able to had this power of some kind. But not all power comes from comes from God, right? There's a battle going on. So that's kind of what Ephesians 6 is about. And and Paul's not real emotional about it. He just kind of matter-of-factly says, well, you know, take up the, the breastplate of righteousness stuck between the day. And I thought about that, like, how often we get shamed, imposter syndrome, fear, not good enough, guilty of sin, you know. And there's so much messaging about sin and how we have to confess our sin and repent of our sin. And I don't disagree with that, but I mean, I think that sometimes we go overboard on preaching that to the point of, are you talking to me? Because <laughs> Paul's saying here, put on the breastplate of righteousness. And to me, that's some choice we have, right? We can choose to be righteous. And that is a powerful thing. Because you want to fight a spiritual battle. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. It's a choice. And many of you don't even have a problem with this. You're confident and you're doing great. And you just move forward. You've got your calling, your message. But not help someone else then who's not in their calling who's uh, feeling shamed or guilty and uh, maybe under the oppression of negative thoughts, right? And because the spiritual battle is so clever and tricky, why wouldn't we expect it? Would we expect, expect none, nothing less? And I, I go back to this movie, uh, it's called Wings of Desire, but the German version is Himmel, Uber Berlin, and uh, that just means the heavens over Berlin. I like it. Some people don't like it. But it's about angels, spiritual beings, and uh, it's kind of more my style of thinking. And it's even in that movie, it doesn't show any, um, I guess you'd say evil spirits. So it's all gently good angels. So it's not the actual message isn't one that I would say is 100% of the way I'd like it. But it's pretty close. It's close enough to benefit me and maybe that's what i have to get back get to is some communications are just good enough it's good enough is it good enough maybe that's i'm going to change the title of the podcast 
use comment. Is it good enough? I kind of like asking questions. Anyways, those kind of make good titles. Asking a question. Maybe that's my genre. Is asking good questions. So is it good enough? <laughs> is this podcast good enough? It's long enough. I won't ask you that one. I mean, I'll, that'll be the subtitle. Subtitle. Say, so is it good enough? It's certainly long enough. How about that? My little sarcastic humor. Okay, folks, we need some. Always need grace. We always, hopefully, can find some mercy. And from that, some peace as we let Bud in to the house. Okay. Bye-bye. Pancakes are served.